Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to the Afternoon Show. I'm Bill Arnold. As you know, it is Wednesday. It is January the 13th, and we are going to have our prayer series continue. It's got an ongoing, there's no end date to it, which suits me just fine. Uh, Dr. Peter Kapter and I host this segment together, and we've got a very distinguished guest on we are going to bring on in just a minute. Peter, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks, Bill. Hey, you know, we have this blueprint, man. I mean, we have it mapped out to 2023, that's don't we? True. Isn't, isn't that's, about? that's true. It's a ceiling on the 23, but, you know, <laughs> it could last longer than that. It all depends. Yeah, well, there's just, I think we both have recognized from the outset of this series that there are so many different kind of angles. And, and I think I remember in some of those first couple of weeks, we just simply Googled passages on prayer or some sort of keyword search like that. And it was pretty remarkable how many passages of scripture could be mined and explored. Oh. And it, it really, I mean, there's there's so many different dimensions of this. And I, I want to say maybe the most compelling thing that I heard, and I don't remember which guest said it in the last couple of weeks, but they said, among all the different practices in our Christian faith, prayer is the one that if there is actually no God, we will not receive sort of any benefit, right? I mean, it's, it's fun to hang out with other believers. Uh, worship music can be really um, uplifting to the heart. A good sermon will be interesting and thought-provoking. But uh, if there is no prayer, or if there's no God, then then prayer is just this this fruitless exercise. So how do we engage with it in in a way that is meaningful and consistent and uh, and and understandable that that it's accessible for people? It's it's been a pretty interesting topic. It's been an incredible topic, and and the one thread that has run through most of our guests is the ad- admission that prayer does not come easily. They've been easily distracted. They've had seasons of their prayer life that have gone pretty flat. They yeah. have uh, wondered at times, is God uh, hearing my prayer? Does he want to answer it the way I've asked? Or should I just say, thy will be done, I give up? So we've started, <laughs> we've heard a, num- a number of different positions on prayer, and I have loved all of them. It's just been so helpful to learn uh, what people have discovered about their prayer life over decades. Yeah, for sure. And I'm really curious what our distinguished guest, who I know you're going to bring in in just a minute, will will say about that, because he's been in ministry for so many different years and held so many different positions as well, and and has been uh, somebody that, from the outside looking in, I would consider to be a prayer warrior, if I could use that phrase. But but I'll be curious, just, you know, in, in the journey of his own prayer life, what we're going to find. Yeah. Well, I would introduce him, but I'm pretty sure he married you and Hallie, so why don't you introduce him? <laughs> he did, indeed. Yeah, it's the the Dr. Reverend, uh, Reverend uh, Raleigh Washington, somebody I met uh, maybe about 35 years ago now when I was a, a teenage boy, and he was an uh, inner-city pastor in uh, some pretty difficult areas in Chicago, sort of on the west side, and in an interesting part of the community where literally one street divided a very wealthy community from a very impoverished community. And in the midst of that, 
that Raleigh and his wife and some of the people around him formed a ministry that was based around racial reconciliation. And his church was uh, had both white people and black people in it. And and there were a lot of differences uh, within that church as, as well. And of course, uh, Raleigh went on to be the president of Promise Keepers and a number of other ministries and had just been a delightful mentor and, uh, and, and again, a warrior for the faith. So glad to have you in here, Raleigh. Oh, well, Peter, I am blessed to be with you, my brother. And uh, boy, you guys sure picked a good topic and a good time. <laughs> yeah. So, Raleigh, we're already uh, sitting at the at uh, mm. wanting to hear from you and what you have uh, learned over decades of prayer. I know that's a broad question to get things started, but mm. I know you've got a response to this. <clears throat> well, let me start with um, a quote from my very uh, best friend, uh, Coach Bill McCartney, who is uh, uh, dealing with Alzheimer's, but yet in the moment he's, he's vintage uh, Coach Mack. Here's, what, here's his saying about prayer. The most misunderstood and underestimated power in the body of Christ is the, is the power of prayer. And I really uh, resonate with that uh, because... Uh, in my years in ministry, uh, especially operating in the sensitive area of reconciliation, uh, racial reconciliation, reconciliation between Jew and Gentile, uh, uh, I have found that uh, uh, I don't know where I would be. I don't know what kind of success I would have had uh, if it had not been for faithful prayer and uh, seeing God answer prayer and responding. Uh, right now, I am in the third day of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, my wife and I are part of Celebration Church here in Jacksonville. And in January, uh, for the last 21 days of January, they've, uh, it's a standard thing for them to do prayer and fasting. And uh, my wife and I uh, just loved, especially doing this last year when you're uh, locked in and at home a lot and working vir virtually, um, we love to take our breakfast and lunch and dinner break. We sit down together and we would watch uh, a Western that we love. Well, we love the young writers. <laughs> we love uh, Big Valley. And uh, so I would tape them. And so during the time we sit down and eat, we'd watch that. And that has just become a, an addicting routine over the last uh, seven, eight, nine months. And so for fasting, we did, we're doing a Daniel fast. We're not eating any desserts. And we said, we're not going to sit down and, and watch what we really love to do, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So we sat at the dining table and we talk to one another, and instead of watching an hour-long Western, we then spend time in prayer. Mm. And this is a third, and so three times a day we're doing that, and, and, and I just want you to know it, it, it has been exciting. One, to sit at the dining room table, not in front of the TV or anything of that nature, and just talk with my wife. That's been exciting. And after we talk, you know, then we, we go into prayer. And we've been praying for family members and friends and ministry and what's happening 
in our uh, toxic, divided world today. Uh, we pray for our president. We pray for the incoming president. We pray for things that's happening. And and so it's been exciting. Right now, I'm excited for, for, for lunchtime. I'm excited for uh, mealtime, to spend some time with Paulette, even though we're here every all day with one another at the house. There's just something exciting now about this appointment that we have three times a day that we eat and talk to one another. Then together we talk to the Lord. It has been powerful. And I tell you, it has been exhilarating. And uh, God answers prayer. Uh, and I just uh, agree with Coach Mack, the most misunderstood and underestimated power in the body of Christ is the power of prayer. And it has just revolutionized um, uh, my life with Paulette in three days of doing that. <laughs> just think, I've got uh, 19 more days. To God be the glory. Mm. Raleigh, have, have you found it, was it difficult at first to enter into that sort of rhythm of three times a day to pray? Had you had you had an experience either individually or with Paulette where you had set aside times that were intentional that you were going to pray in the day or, or has been prayer just something that as it comes up, it comes up? Is this, how would you describe what the experience has been like? Uh, uh, it is always difficult to develop rhythm or a routine uh, that's not something that's a part of you or what you're doing all the time. So yes, it is a, a challenge. You have to make an appointment a schedule and you have to stick to that schedule and follow that schedule. And that's what we did. My wife and I talked about it. We talked about what do we want this Daniel fast to look like. And then we came to an agreement and then when we landed on saying, honey, uh, uh, you know how much we have enjoyed uh, the Big Valley and uh, the Barclay family and uh, the young writers and that. I mean, we've enjoyed, we look forward to that. And that's been so much a part of, you know, our week going on. And so to give that up and to spend time in prayer when we're not having that, I think that really works for a routine of prayer. And I'll tell you, after doing it the first day and saw how it was happening, I mean, it is now the second day we we just enjoy going at it. it, it I mean, it, it's, it, it fell into place because of how exhilarating, how fulfilling uh, it has been. Uh, we are praying for people that, that we would pray for ever so often. And now we are praying on a regular basis, three times a day, and we're praying for people that we know and love, you know, on a regular basis. You know, when I think of the capsules, I don't just pray for Maury and Linda, uh, whom I know best and love dearly, but I can pray for Peter and Hallie and pray for the grandkids. And and so it's, it's exciting. Uh, so not that difficult, but it does take intentionality. You have to be purposeful. You have to be disciplined. You have to say, this is what we're going to do, and you have to really do it. But once you start doing it, because you're genuinely speaking with the Lord, it then becomes not a chore, but an absolute exhilarating joy. That sounds great. Well, let's take a little break, and during the break, I'm going to watch Westerns, and we'll be back with Dr. Raleigh Washington. We're doing our prayer series. We'll be right back. 
We're back with our prayer series. It's every Wednesday at 5 o'clock Central Standard Time. Dr. Peter Kafter and I always talk about prayer. We get an outstanding guest, and then we, uh, we, we talk about uh, what we can learn about prayer. And I've learned uh, something, Peter, that uh, Raleigh likes uh, Westerns. And can you imagine you and I in a Western? Our lines would be, hey, you guys, let's get out of here. <laughs> I, I think we'd be among those characters, Bill, that last about the first three and a half min- minutes in the movie. Oh, I, yeah, I think. definitely, definitely. <laughs> so, Peter, you have a question to get things uh, started with Raleigh? Yeah, no, we were talking during the break a little bit too, Raleigh, and I'd be curious your thoughts on this. You you were in ministry, I don't know how many years, in the Chicago area. You talk a bit about the sensitive subject of racial reconciliation. One of the things that I appreciated about your ministry is that you didn't gloss over that there are differences in the approach to faith and the approach to relationship and the approach to so many different things in life between, just generally speaking, uh, some of the white people in the church and some of the black people in the church, and and you and you wanted them to learn from one another so often. So I'd be curious if you could comment a bit on just some of the differences that you did observe and, and practice over those years, and maybe just so, some of what that e- each side could learn from one another. Uh, well, uh, good question, Peter. I think what I have learned about prayer, say uh, uh, cross-racial prayer between black folks, white folks, uh, uh, and and I've spent uh, time in ministry and preaching and prayer uh, since I've been a believer, uh, as often or probably more so with uh, my brothers and sisters of a lighter hue than I have been of African-Americans because that's how life has uh, unfolded for me. But I found that um, uh, uh, people basically pray uh, not as much uh, because of what their race is, but more consistent with what their faith and style of worship is. Mm. Uh, um, um, a charismatic uh, African American and a charismatic uh, white uh, pray very similar in very very similar ways with the same emotion and and jest and um, uh, folks who are conservative uh, are those who pray in uh, conservative middle class um, African American churches uh, the prayer there is very very. Uh, similar to prayer in uh, conservative white middle class uh, churches based on their style of preaching and their style of worship. Uh, I think that generates the dynamic. Uh, And I think I am a hybrid (laughs) Hmm. Uh, because I'm I'm passionate, uh, but I'm also conservative. Uh, and I also believe that uh, 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 prayer needs to be very meaningful. Uh, one thing that probably I find is probably more consistent with uh, evangelical uh, whites and, and uh, traditional blacks, if you would say, uh, there is a certain stylistic uh, type of prayer in the black community uh, that's passionate and emotional. Uh, and sometimes repetitious, 
uh, as opposed to being a prayer that uh, really address the issues. But in that passion and repetition, they do address the issues. And and uh, there are many folks who need that that dynamic. But um, uh, I believe uh, praying with purpose and uh, with a thought and uh, makes a real difference. And I'm a lover of the word of God. And I believe that uh, when you pray, uh, uh, that if your prayers are consistent with the word of God in response to uh, uh, glorifying God or asking God for something, uh, I think it's, it's, it's more powerful. And I've just seen uh, results in that fashion. My wife and I pray together every morning. I mean, uh, our, our routine is that uh, we, we, we will pray together every morning. Uh, and then we will we will read through Psalm 122, which is the praying for the peace of Jerusalem, and we pray that psalm. Uh, and then uh, we will read a chapter together out of the Bible, rotating verses. And uh, we've been reading through the Book of Acts for the last uh, uh, two three weeks, and 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 that's been really exciting. So during this time of prayer and fasting. I, I do the very same thing. I integrate uh, the word of God uh, and then let that set a foundation for prayer. So I think um, uh, the difference and the similarities that I found in praying with my white brothers and sisters and my black brothers and sisters has everything to do with their style of worship. Uh, if, they are, if they are charismatic and uh, prophetic and uh, passionate, uh, and that's how they worship. That's how they pray. Uh, if they are conservative and biblically sound, uh, uh, and that's how they worship, and that's how they preach, that's how they pray. And so that's that's been the dynamic that I've seen. And uh, I'm comfortable uh, uh, in both categories because I understand them and have you know can adapt and. Uh, be a part of uh, a prayer meeting uh, in in either uh, um, circumstance. So, Raleigh, in in Psalm 105, it's, it says, "Keep your eyes open for God. Watch for His works. Be alert for signs of His presence." So, when you go to prayer and you are uh, worshiping God through prayer, you start to seek His face and listen for His voice. Do you find that? You can have periods of silence where in your prayer time, you're just focusing on the Lord and being silent and waiting to hear from him. How do you hear from him? (laughs) Uh, um, uh, That's a very good question. Peter Uh, wrote it. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I know. My wife, uh, my wife uh, uh, operates that way. And, uh, and uh, I am, I'm a person who, uh, you know, if there's quiet, I want to fill that space. Okay. Uh, uh, and to be still and listen to God is something uh, that I have to admit, you know, as a priest of my household and, and a spiritual leader, I, I, I've learned that really from my wife. Okay. Uh, because <laughs> we, we, we will pray together and, uh, 
man, when I prayed for everything that we want to pray for and I've laid it out and it's all squared away, then <laughs> man, I'm off and running. She'll grab me, she'll grab me by the hand and says, honey, uh, God has heard from us. He's heard uh, our praise of him and our request to him. Let's just stop and uh, listen and, and see if he has something that he wants to say to us. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, I, I, I do that regularly, but I have to admit, you know, she has to grab me and remind me because I'm not in the habit of doing that. And I'll be honest with you, I, I get a little bit envious because during those times, I feel like God has really spoken to my heart, I'll placed something in my mind, uh, in my spirit. I, I have experienced that. But my wife experienced it on a regular basis. Uh, and I envy that. And then I rejoice in that because she loves the Lord uh, and, and, and trusts him and, and uh, speaks to him and he speaks to her. Uh, and and uh, I, I can honestly say uh, she, it, she hears from him as we share together uh, more frequently than I do. Uh, now, because I am such a lover of the word of God, uh, the word he speaks to me through the word probably more consistently and regularly than any other way. Mm -hmm. uh, as I am reading the word and studying the word, what have you, man, there's a time where I am gripped by a passage, uh, something in the context of what I'm reading, and I sense that the Lord is really speaking that to me. And based on what happens later that day or the next day, uh, it has been clear to me that God was speaking to me that way. And so that that's... Uh, uh, one of the ways in which I, I hear him. I, I think God will speak to us directly. I don't know that I can say I've heard an audible voice of the Lord, uh, but uh, he has spoken to me, and I knew that it was him. I can remember when um, I was uh, uh, transitioning from Rod Church to, to uh, uh, Promise Keepers, uh, and for two years I I flew back to uh, Denver uh, every other week uh, because I was still uh, pastoring the church and we were transitioning. And uh, one day when I came back, uh, uh, on, I, no, it wasn't Denver then, it was uh, back and forth from, uh, from Denver to Chicago. I can remember uh, uh, I went to see my brother where he was living on a third floor in an apartment building. And as I was going up the steps, uh, it was so clear. I mean, a, a, an audible voice could not have been more clear. As our Lord says, uh, hand pass the mantle to Lincoln. That's my wow. brother's name, wow. Lincoln. Yeah, Raleigh, I, mean, I, need, I, mean, I need you to hit pause right there. We'll come back, finish the rest of that story after the break. The prayer series is now happening with Dr. Raleigh Washington. We'll be right back. Let's get it started. Jump in your car. Yeah. What's for dinner? 
Okay, I have to admit, I don't like some of these breaks that I have to take quickly. And Raleigh, you were telling a great story about hearing the voice of God to pass the mantle. Did I have that correct? Yes, you had that correct. Uh, Please to my finish. brother, yeah, for that, during that two year period, the church and I were looking for a replacement for me uh, because uh, the church um, uh, was a church that uh, needed uh, missions help uh, to continue to function. So they needed a pastor who had the ability to raise funds. It also was focused on reconciliation, so it needed a pastor who understood and embraced the heart of racial reconciliation, as well as ministry to the poor, the oppressed, and the needed. So that was not uh, an easy task. But after about 12 or 14 months, when I was going to my brother's, uh, to see my brother who lived really right across the street from where we lived in Chicago, uh, we had literally moved and was living Paul, myself, and my two daughters in Denver, Colorado, as I was walking up the steps, uh, the Lord spoke to me clearly and said, pass the mantle to, to Lincoln. I didn't hear a voice, but a voice couldn't have been as mm-hmm. profound or, uh, or any louder than what that was. I knew that's what the Lord was saying. That wasn't on my mind. That's not why I was going over there. I, he was not a part of it, but it was so profoundly clear. When I got there and he opened the door and I said, brother, I uh, I need to tell you something. The Lord just told me I am to hand the mantle to you. And he was as shocked as I was when it took place. And so um, uh, 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 in prayer time, listening as you ask the question uh, and listening for the voice of God uh, is, a, is a good practice to develop and to hear because uh, the Lord will definitely speak to us. And if we will stop and listen for him. Mm-hmm. Raleigh, maybe you could give us uh, an example of when a prayer wasn't answered the way you wanted, it didn't feel good, but later you understood God's will. <laughs> Probably should have sent you these questions in advance. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I, I'm with you loud and clear. Have I ever felt like um, uh, I experienced a time where I was praying for something mm-hmm. Uh, and and the Lord didn't answer. Right. All, it was clear that uh, he said no to that. Uh, that has happened to me more than one time, a number of times. Um, uh, uh, probably uh, more specifically when I was um, uh, in my final two to three years at Promise Keepers. Uh, uh, I, I spent over 20 Uh, 20-some years with Promise Keepers, the last 10 years, president and CEO. But I was looking for a replacement for me for almost three years. And uh, I prayed for that uh, 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 person, and we interviewed people. I even selected someone who was not the right person. Uh, And we had to change out of that because... uh, I saw in that person something that I thought was the right thing, and I responded, but I didn't really, really uh, uh, get God's affirmation on that, and so it, w- it was a mistake. Uh, uh, and so uh, I prayed and prayed, and uh, I didn't want to leave Promise Keepers uh, in alerts, and it looks like because attendance was dropping, uh, should we close the doors? and 
we dealt with that issue, and it looks like God was just not answering uh, the prayer. But then uh, uh, about uh, five or six months before I left Promise Keepers, uh, I met uh, the current CEO of Promise Keepers uh, uh, in a Bible study and then a prayer time that we had with it. And it was clear that uh, in my mind that God was saying, this is the person. Uh, and uh, I uh, got to know him really well and invited him to join the board of directors. Uh, within two months after he was on the board of directors, uh, uh, he became really my replacement. Uh, and it was what Promise Keepers needed uh, to continue. So uh, I've learned on more than one occasion, when you're praying for something, and God clearly does not answer that. Uh, when he he will say yes, he will say wait, or his answer will be no. And when his answer is no, it is because he has something better than what you were asking for in store for you. That has consistently been what I, I have found. So uh, when when things seem like it's going different than how I'm praying, uh, I learned to say, uh, I can't wait to see hmm. what the next step is or why God is doing or what he's going to reveal, because obviously what I'm looking for is not consistent with what God is saying. Uh, that didn't happen to me initially. That's something that sort of grew over time. But uh, as time passed and I matured, and the faith and matured in my relationship with the Lord, I, I basically saw that dynamic that uh, when he says no, uh, it is for your best interest. And in time, you will see that. So, uh, Peter, if I can just interject one more thing. What I'm yeah. hearing you say, Raleigh, is that you, you now pray uh, with a great sense of expectancy. God, what are you going to do? And it, it, to you, it's exciting and thrilling, isn't it? Absolutely. Okay. It, it 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 really is. I mean, to the point that when it's it's something that I I'm asking for, and it seems like it's not happening, I've learned that. Well, I can't wait to see what God is doing because what I was looking for is not right, but He's got something better planned, and God's timing is impeccable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been praying that Peter would ask the next question, and it isn't happening. So, well, we have. Oh, well, wait, here you know, it is. Oh, good. I, th- I think it was just a wait. I think God gave it. You know, gave give us the wait. <laughs> okay. Uh, Raleigh, you're talking just a little bit about God's will on behalf of the the future and praying in that way, um, and, and being comfortable with what God's response is in that place of trust. Have you had other instances where? you almost felt like there's a bit of a partnership going on with God on behalf of prayer in the future. Cause one of the things that's come up in this series is the idea, do our prayers actually affect anything or is there a sense in which we're simply just praying within what God is already going to do? Uh, uh, yes, yes. Uh, my wife and I, you know, we've got, uh, uh, eight kids. Uh, uh one is with the Lord. And uh, over the years, uh, we have had uh, some very uh, trying times with different issues that has happened with different ones of our kids and the 
dynamic for their life. And uh, uh, what we needed to do is really, really pray for them. Um, uh, adult children, you can't give them advice if they are not seeking advice. Advice not sought is advice not received. And when you convince that one of your kids, a close family member, is going down the wrong path, and and you try to tell them that, and 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 uh, it seems like they're not listening to you. Uh, the only thing you can do then is pray. And I can think of uh, several times when that has happened with my wife and myself, and we have prayed fervently, just fervently, for. Uh, God to move in their life in that direction and in, in a couple of cases uh, to remove certain people out of their life. And we prayed fervently for that. And we've seen God respond to those prayers uh, in ways in which we knew that God answered that prayer. It was uh, a profound response. And we knew without a doubt. And so that just strengthened our prayer life and our relationship with the Lord to know that he does hear and answer prayer. Hmm. And it, in terms of just growing in your ability to pray too, is it just, is some of this just about practice to be able to hear his voice and discern what that answer might be? You were talking earlier about having just real clarity, at least in one situation, passing the mantle to your brother. But does that then just sort of give you confidence to discern that the voice of the Good Shepherd versus all the different voices that might be crashing in at any given time? Uh, that That's a very good question, Peter. Um, uh, you know, if you're married and your wife is uh, a strong believer or with strong faith, uh, uh, that's, that's something that happens. See, in my case, uh, I'm, I'm 20 years in the military as an officer. And I'm used to making things happen. I'm used to making very good decisions. I'm used to evaluating the pros and the cons and coming up with great decisions. Uh, but my wife is a, a woman of faith, deep faith. I mean, she has faith uh, uh, that uh, the Lord is going to respond to her. And in my life with my wife, uh, uh, God has spoken to me through her in serious decisions in our married life and in our ministry uh, more consistently than I've heard from the Lord apart from him speaking to me through her. It's kind of like Samson. You know, Samson's uh, uh, mother got the word about Samson, and Samson's uh, mother told the husband. And the husband says, well, when that angel come back, call me. <laughs> uh, because he wanted to hear. Uh, and so uh, he, he got that affirmation. But my wife, having such strong faith uh, and belief uh, in it that uh, I've just seen uh, and received and heard a confirmation of God making life-changing decisions uh, has come consistently through my wife because of the depth of her faith. And so that process of uh, partnering with the Lord, or hearing from the Lord in my family has worked with Pauline and I pray together. I have my own prayer time. She has her own prayer time. But nothing is more impactful than when we pray together. And when God speaks, uh, you know, uh, uh, to us, and especially when he speaks to Pauline, because she has such strong faith. 
my gift is making sound, objective decisions, and she has a strong gift of faith. Uh, and that relationship with the Lord and that gift of faith, she hears a decision, and 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 I sense a confirmation, you know, when that happens. And so we're a tag team in that regard, uh, and and I am all the better because of my partnership with Paulette and how we complement each other gift-wise. I mean, she, I, 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 I am bold, and she has very, very strong faith. And the combination of those two, as we pray and seek God for answers, has worked like a charm. I feel in partnership with the Lord and with my wife. I don't know about you, mm. Peter, but I think uh, Raleigh's done quite a job of um, uh, an advertisement to have Paulette as a guest on the uh, prayer series. Yeah, I had no idea where you're getting the junior varsity today. I don't you know, know why we got stuck with Raleigh when we really want to be know, talking to Paulette. Exactly. Yeah, ask Paulette if she's available next week, Raleigh. Yeah. Great. yeah, let me take a little. Let me take a little break. We'll be right back with Dr. Raleigh Washington. Uh, this is the prayer series. Dr. Peter Kapster and I will be right back. Back in our prayer series, Peter Kapsner and I are hosting Dr. Raleigh Washington and just got a nice text from a listener. This is so beautiful. I think Dr. Raleigh and Paulette should be marriage coaches. <laughs> and, if you, oh and if you guys start yeah, that ministry, Kapsner and I get 10% up front. <laughs> <laughs> Totally agree. Since, since we're not going to be in Western movies anytime soon, I think this is our pathway. <laughs> So that's great, Raleigh. I mean, I just I, I I'm so compelled by the idea of you and Paulette praying together. And and I, if we're going to be on the topic of marriage, maybe briefly here for a second, what can you can you counsel husbands and wives that maybe aren't used to praying together because it can be a very vulnerable thing to do? Any suggestions to just simply get started and kind of break that ice? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I don't think there's anything. Uh, more powerful, more strengthening, more joyful, more rewarding uh, than to have a, a strong uh, combined prayer life with uh, husband and wife. The Word of God says we're two or more gathered. Uh, he's in the midst. And so husband and wife are two. And, and uh, uh, you discuss things. You make decisions together. You have input from one from another. And so once you do that with your wife and then Together, you and your wife do that with the Lord. I, I think it's powerful for me. It has had uh, a phenomenal, phenomenal results um, uh, with it. And so um, I pray with my wife uh, on a regular basis, and I pray separately. But I'll be honest with you. I, I feel more comfortable uh, in, uh, when, when I'm praying with my wife no matter what the circumstances, you know, if I'm needing something, I want something, I'm praying with her and she's praying and praying with me and praying for me. That strengthens me. Uh, you know, the old saying that behind every uh, great man is a greater woman. Uh, well, in my life, that's true. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, Paulette, she's heard me as I travel preaching, raising money for uh, um, promise keepers for Rock Church when I was there. 
uh, I had about seven or eight sermons that were sermons that I just knew it was in my heart. She's heard all of those seven, eight sermons, you know, 40 times each. And every time she hears me preach a sermon, she's sitting on the front row in the church, and I see her in tears. I mean, I see her weeping. I mean, nothing is more exhilarating, more powerful, more strengthening to me to have that kind of love and commitment uh, and genuineness for my wife that she's heard this sermon. She almost knows what I'm going to say before I say it, and but yet it impacts her to the point that it brings tears. Uh, that oneness, two are better than one for you get a greater return for your ministry, your work, your effort, and your life. That That's true. I found that out, and I recommend that to any couple. If you are not praying together, husband and wife, on a regular basis about everything, uh, you're missing uh, a, a multiplied benefit, I think, from your time of prayer and from, I think, answers from the Lord. Riley, that's beautiful. I'd like you to speak now to many of my listeners who are in a position and what they're hearing is incredibly encouraging to them and also sad because they've lost their spouse. They're they're now alone and they miss that companionship. They miss that prayer and they have lost the level of intimacy that you've described so beautifully. And I know you've encouraged so many, but maybe you would talk to the person who's alone tonight and uh, will not be with their spouse, and also uh, to encourage couples that maybe have never taken that step and to start maybe even as early as tonight to hold hands and pray. Uh, Thank you. Uh, For the person who is alone, uh, no matter what that uh, circumstance is and what caused you to be alone, uh, I just want to let you know that Nothing is more fulfilling in your life uh, than to fall deeper in love with Jesus, uh, to talk with him, and to listen for his response. Uh, As you do that uh, deeper, Jesus and the Word of God uh, will fulfill any void and every void that's in your life uh, if you indeed uh, will seek him. Uh, even the, the Word of God says, uh, if you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. That is for unbelievers, but I think it's also for believers because we need to have Jesus active in our life. So seek him with all of your heart. And I would say, and do it with the Word of God because the Bible is the Word of God. It is the living Word of God. Uh, I'm reading with my wife now, the book of Acts, and I bet you I have I have preached through Acts more than once, at least four, three or four times all through Acts, and I have read through it uh, more times than that, and we're going through it now, and it's like, almost like it's new. It's nectar. The Word of God is, is, is limitless in the nectar that you get when you read it. So uh, um, uh, if you do that, and for that single person, uh, uh, find a prayer partner. If you're a single man, uh, 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 find a a brother uh, who is strong in the Lord to be a prayer partner. If your lady find a strong, matured uh, a female uh, uh, who will be a prayer partner with you, and uh, uh, that can also uh, help fill that void of not having uh, that loved one in your life on a permanent basis. And for and for couples, 
I am telling you, I, uh, I think God intends to say for you to be one. The two have become one, one flesh when you when you marry. Uh, your, your prayers are, when you are not getting along with one another, your prayers are hampered. Uh, so the prayer life is important. It says, uh, 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 you know, even stop being intimate for a period of time for fasting and prayer uh, and uh, to focus on the Lord, but only do that for a short period of time, but then come back together. Uh, uh, prayer together with your wife uh, is is exceeding abundantly beyond all you could think or imagine. When I am hurt, when I have been wounded, when I have been disappointed, uh, I, I go to the Lord and, and I get comfort. But when I go to my wife and I get comfort for my wife and then she and I go to the Lord together, man, nothing tops that whatsoever. So uh, I would encourage you, uh, brothers, to, to make it a habit. Coach McCartney uh, uh, started me doing this. Uh, at a Promise Keepers event, uh, he called his wife uh, on on the stage, uh, and he and he knelt down and he prayed with her. Uh, he put the full arm of God on her and and he blessed her and and said said I do this with my wife Linda each and every day before I leave the house. You know, I, I put the full arm of God on her and I cover her. And and man, when he did that, I started doing that. And I've been doing it ever since. And it's meaningful. And if I'm traveling, my wife will call me early and say, call me, say, hey, uh, you didn't put the armor on me. She said, hey, hey, I almost had a car accident because you didn't cover me with the arm of God. <laughs> so so, I, so I, I, I can't encourage you more as a couple. Uh, Pray together, pray regularly together, pray for one another, pray with one another, uh, uh, and, and share what you're feeling, what you're thinking with your joy. Give God praise. You know, Jesus Christ made, uh, close to the, the, this, he, he is given the most powerful demonstration in the entire world of humility and selflessness. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, have this attitude in yourself that was also in Christ Jesus. Although he was equal with God, listen to that, he was equal to God, did not regard equality with God, something to grasp and hold on to it, but he emptied himself and then became just like us and obedient to the point of death on the cross. Think about that. Think, think about it. He was equal with God. He had all the power, all the authority. He was just like God in every way. But he laid aside the fullness of the glory and power of God to become like us. That's selfless like never before. I shared that with my wife um, and family on Christmas. And, and man, we just grasped with that. And it was, I mean, it brought us to tears to come to that, that reality of humility. And, 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 and let me close with this. Here's what the Lord is saying and wants for all of us. Say, Lord, coach me, and I will learn. Lord, challenge me, and I will grow. But Lord, believe in me, and I will win. Mm. And that's who he is. When we do that, when we pray that way, he is there. And when I do that together with my wife, it's double a double portion. So pray, pray together with your wife, uh, 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 your life, 
will never, ever be the same. You can't. And, and, and if you haven't been doing it, start doing it and watch the joy unspeakable begin to flow in your life because of the joint prayer of husband and wife to the Lord. Mm, just mm. a wonderful time together with you, Raleigh. And um, oh, yeah, just had a lovely uh, text come in from a listener. Uh, six years ago, I quit a job of 34 years. I had a harder time finding a job than I had anticipated. I was praying for a lot for a new job. When I found one, the pay was about 50% less than I made prior. So I kept praying to God that I needed more to pay my bills. A month later, my wife received a promotion that more than made up for the difference. I make 50% less than before, but I'm 100% happier. And I thank mm. God he has a great sense of humor. <laughs> so I love the way God answers prayers. Gentlemen, thank you so much. That uh, is all the time we have. Uh, Raleigh, we're looking forward to another conversation. Maybe Paulette can help us on the show as well. That wraps up our show for the night, and I hope you have a wonderful and great evening. Pray. Pray with your spouse. Pray to the Lord. Seek his face. You will find him. Have a great night, everyone. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.